said, fear not, my child, for you are part of me, and I'll not rest till you are at my side. sing that verse one more time. He said, fear not my child. And he said, fear not my child. Why? You're part of me. Oh, and I'll not rest. And I'll not rest till you are at my side. And I will do all, all that you ask, ask of me. You're a jewel in my eyes. Woman, you are my bride. Oh, so we're casting. Oh, so I'm casting all my cares on you. He's already shown signs in the sky, shown a cloud of his appearing, prophesied in the Bible, in the book of Matthew, and we're living in that time. And, you know, we we heard it so often, but every once in a while, let the Lord make it real to you. I think that's wonderful. Let's just turn to our Bibles. We'll go right to the Word. Thank you, Brother John. Thank you to the musicians. God bless you all that are here on Wednesday. We'll just get right to the word, portion the Lord would have for us tonight. And we'll ask you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 
Appreciate the Holy Ghost in our services leading us. You know, our gathering is not like other gatherings. And, and we need to just sometimes be mindful. You know, we're not here just to learn about the Bible and to learn about Christ. Some of that comes. But there's another part that it, that's greater that Brother Branham would say in, in the Church Age book, he says, the teaching of the Bible requires the instruction of the Spirit. And so there's a part that's supernatural in any service. It's not just the man's voice, but it's the Spirit of God. And it's not just in the speaker, but it's in the hearer and the one that receives. And so let his spirit reign and take this service over. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We'll just read a little portion here. Sometimes these are, are familiar, but just take them and, and just let's listen to what the Lord's ministering to us tonight. And I, brethren, Paul's coming now, the most learned apostle of all. When I came to you, I came not with the excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught." Oh, I'm so glad that the language we're speaking will last forever. <laughs> It'll only increase. It'll only get better. And we won't have to worry about all the rhetoric we hear in the news and among the world and the lands. Oh, my goodness. I'm so glad that this, this is what God has ordained for us. So now he says this in verse 7. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, eye has not seen, nor ear heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But God has revealed them unto us by his knowledge, by his word, no, by his spirit. So there's something to be said about the spirit of God. For the spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given unto us of God, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, 
comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we've opened the words. We have been attentive to the reading. And Lord, these words were penned many years ago by the Apostle Paul. Father, you anointed him. You used the vessel and you spoke to him. Lord, and these words are still meant for us in this last day. Now we're asking, the Apostle Paul is not here. The, the, it's a replication of these words, but the spirit that gives life is here. That spirit is not just in, in a man that speaks, but it's in the hearts of your people. And we ask that that spirit would just take this service now. Go beyond our minds, go beyond our thinking, and Lord, just quicken us according to your word, granted in Jesus' name, amen. You may have your seats. I'll invite you to turn to 2 Peter, 2 Peter chapter 1. I will be continuing today on what we've been going on a couple of Wednesdays on out of the uh, governor that would be rising, a governor that would be established, and tonight I want to speak on governed by the Spirit. We're going to take first, Second Peter chapter 1. Let's go to verse 16. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty for he received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And the voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. So Peter was an eyewitness of this. He was one of the apostles that was seeing this event. He, he used his natural senses to pick up what was going on there. He heard a voice supernaturally that came into this dimension, and he witnessed even Moses and Elijah that were there, and, and he's just giving a rehearsal of it. And he's saying, this was real. But now he goes a step further. But we have also a more sure word of prophecy. Whereunto you do well that you take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place. Until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts, knowing this first that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. Verse 21. For the prophecy came not in the old time by the will of men, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Now, the Holy Ghost had actually not even been sent to earth to dwell yet, but the Holy Ghost was in the prophets of old. Now, I'm, I'm just going to back up a step, and I'm going to ask you just to go on a little journey with me. I, I am so thankful for the message we have. You will not find some of the things that we have come to rely on, that we can speak on, and we go into the eternities of God. We have those because the eyes of God, through a prophet, have brought them to us. So I, I rehearse these things not just as one 
that knows things or is better. I just say it as one that's been a partaker of the grace of God in this last day. The God in the beginning was a spirit. He was the eternal spirit. He could not be seen. And you can go into some of these thoughts in questions and answers on Genesis and different ones. But Brother Branham would say the first thing was that Logos, and he identifies it as this amber light that came out from God, and he says that Logos was like something moving or playing before the Father's throne, if you could draw a picture of it. And that Logos came out of God, it was an attribute of God, it was a part of God. He would say in 1950, so first was God, Jehovah, picture it as a little drama. Out of space there's nothing, a little white light, a mystic light like a halo. That was the Logos that went out from God in the beginning. He said, that was the Son of God that came out of the bosom of the Father. Now, the book of Hebrews in chapter 11, verses 1 and 2, it would declare that all things were made by Him, the Son. Everything came out from Him. Now, that, that I tell you, goes a long ways from, from understanding where we're at in these last days. That the Godhead is not three, but it is one. The Spirit being was there, but then came the Son, then came the attribute of God, and it poured out, and Brother Branham says, that was in the beginning of God, the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. He would also go on to say, and I can see him there, and he spake and said, let there be light, and there was nothing, but there was something happened, and an atom turned and began to whirl, and it said, let there be, that was authority. Where did he make it from? I don't know. There was nothing to make it from, but he believed his own word, and there was light, and I can see a piece fly off. It's a meteor. Maybe a, a few million years. And it circled this way and that way. And it finally stops. And it hangs there in orbit. And there's another one flying off the sun. What's he doing? He's writing his first Bible. Notice human beings once looked towards the heavens. And, and he'll go on and say, and this is from a couple of messages. And he'll say, let there be light. The sun came in existence, deity. And then he would go on and say, and another thing came off, and another. And he says, he let it fall. What's he doing? He's got in his mind that something will be there on the earth. There'll be mankind on earth. And, and in the church age book, now allow yourself to go to this, but Brother Random would say, before there ever was a speck of stardust, the bride was already in his mind. She was there then. Now you ask yourself this question, and you can look back as Brother Branham would speak, and I, I think it's in 1965, um, un, under one of the messages in February, the, the, the great mercy of God, or one of them, and it was in February, but he's just saying, as a little child, you always knew there was something different. You always had that something in you that was different. It was always with you. Now, now God doesn't, didn't, 
create you before, but he deposited a seed that was an attribute that was a part of God, and he always had that in mind, knowing that in that time and season, it would need to come to light. So there is a part of us that's eternal, like God was eternal. Now, Brother Manum would also say, in his mind and his opinion, the first thing that he made was angels. And, and God always has a witness to what he's doing. So, so even, even though this Logos came, but there were angels there. And as we touched on on Sunday, there was angels and there was orders of angels. There was seraphims and cherubims and, and I, I think there's what they call zooms and different things. But there was also Lucifer and, and he had this witness and they watched him creating but they didn't know and they didn't see in all of the creation what God was holding back in his mind. But the Spirit of God was moving and it was doing something. And we didn't, we, like we could say, we did, he didn't understand what he was doing. And if you want to take it this way, the angels, up until that time, there was never anything different uh, in feminine or masculine. The angels are neither. And, 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 and he, and he would, would just say, but, and here God himself was identified as a masculine. But now he comes down to creating the earth, and as he comes down, the angels are watching all of this, and everything's unfolding, and as it comes down to Genesis verse 1, 26, and God said, let us create man in our image, male and female. Now, that was actually theophany beings, so before uh, anyone ever really comes to the earth, it is a spirit being that you are first. And, and Brother Branham would even say, as a child is born, there's an angel that's dispatched, and it watches over that child, and it's there for that child, and it follows that child. Do you believe in angels? You know, if, if Brother John just sharing that little testimony, sometimes... This, this is not left up to us. There's a God who is working on our behalf. He is moving in ways we don't understand. He will protect us. He will guide us. He, 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 there's, there's battles that are going on right now. But there's also, you can say, there's accusing devils. But there's also ministering spirits. They're sent to us. And, and, and if we can believe in that realm, and, and I, I'm really trying to move us a little bit today into not just looking as church as, well, we're under the seventh messenger and we can place this word there and that word there. Let's identify it in a spirit realm. The, the, what you're hearing and having today, it goes with you when you wake up. It is, it is in you when you read your Bible. It is in you when, when you're driving down the road and something's quickened to you. It, it, it's there. And, and Brother Brandon would talk about it and he's saying, we don't see all things now. When we get over there, we will see everything and why things had to be the way they were. But for now, he says, we just bump into it once in a while. In a service, you get a feeling. You start to cry. Something comes over you. He says, what is it? It's angels that are ministering. You don't see it. You don't know it. But as we move closer, I believe God's leading us where we're not governed by just our natural thinking. 
Not our natural doing, but it's recognizing there's an unseen world and we begin to depend on it more and more. So as, as God projected himself to the earth and he placed the earth into three dimensions, so which was light, time, uh, and space, and, 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 and so Adam is in flesh, but there's a spirit realm that's there. And, and Adam, even as Adam would, would come, as he's created in Genesis 2 verse 7, but there was a longing for something that was representative of what was in God, and, and he longed for fellowship. You know how God allowed Adam to name all the animals, uh, and he saw that it was not good for man to dwell alone. And, it, and so he'd put this in Adam, but it really it was a representative of what God had in his mind all along. I don't want to dwell alone. I, I want the part of me I want to have fellowship with. And so God began to divide himself or show what he was going to do by dividing what was already in, in, in Adam in, in a dual form, masculine, feminine, but he was going to put it into two vessels. He took a rib out and not just a rib, but now he takes the spirit and separates the spirit into both of them. Are you with me so far? That's kind of a little bit, uh, I, I promise I'll speed up. I'm not going to just go from before the foundation of the world, and, but I want to get to where you want to get to. So Adam fell, and yet even after Adam fell, uh, you know, he had, they had uh, uh, under Adam and Eve, the Bible will record that there was two children, but yet the mystery that's been held for many years is that there was actually two separate fathers. And, and there was Abel and there was Cain. But Abel was a product of the original. And Abel had something in him that had not been tainted, that had not been there. So he had a spirit that could receive revelation, that could receive what God had. He had spiritual characteristics that were representative of his father. As Cain had spiritual uh, characteristics that were representative of his father. He was fleshly. He, 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 he didn't receive the word with humility. He didn't receive it. He wasn't, you know, the Bible will talk about Jude. There are those that are sensual, not having the spirit. And, 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 and he would refer to them as, as being in a spirit of discrepancy. And, 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 and it would be... You know, I, I don't know where I just heard the quote the other day, but you can't preach on the spirit of truth without identifying the spirit of error. And, and we recognize we're in a great war. So if, you, if we look and, and if we could just picture now the eternal God, you know, he, he took the book, the book went back onto the hands of God. Adam, Adam lost the book. He, now he was going to die. He wasn't going to live forever. But there was still a separation of the lineage until the days of Noah. And then in Noah, the sons of men saw the, the, the daughters, sorry, the, the sons of God saw the daughters of men, and, and their lifespan shortened even more. There was a mix, and there was no definite uh, division between the serpent seed and, and God's seed. But nonetheless, God has always desired that his spirit would, would begin to 
come back into its proper role and place. He began to work with Enoch, with Noah, with others. You know, and, 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 and it, was, it was the evolution of God. It was Abraham who, while he, he was just a heathen, but he could hear the call of God. And Lot could follow, but yet he didn't hear it the way Abraham heard it. Uh, Jacob was endowed with something that he desired the things of God, even though he went about it the wrong way. Esau just didn't have uh, respect or t- unto the recompense of the reward. So there was an unseen realm that was unfolding. Now, I've I, I brought all this history, but think about this for a moment. I, I've recorded all, I've I brought this all, but there was no Bible written that recorded all of this. So now we're talking 2,000 plus years of history, and there's no recording. But then God takes a man called Moses, and he brings Moses to the earth, and he even identifies his office as that of a prophet. And as a prophet, it's the one that the word of God comes to. They have access into a spiritual realm. And he says, Moses, come up here. I'm going to show you everything that's happened for the last 2,000 plus years. And I want you to record it. So now Moses, by the Spirit, there was no record. But the Bible, as God composed the heavens uh, over much time, God began to compose the Bible by men of God that the Bible says were moved of the Holy Ghost. It wasn't Moses, you know, just God saying, write this word, write this word. But Moses was receiving the Spirit. I don't know how he was receiving it, but he would receive it. And maybe God would show him a picture and, and he would write what he saw in the picture. You know, I think the prophets of old, Nahum, was one of the prophets that I believe God allowed him to look into this last day. And he said, I saw their broadways and they had chariots with, with, with lights like fire. What was he seeing? Automobiles. But he couldn't describe it. He says, well, I, I, you know, if he could have said, yeah, I saw Pontiacs and Fords and Hondas. And... No, he didn't say it. But he saw what he, he spoke what he saw. So, so God, by the Holy Ghost, now anointed the prophets. And what was he doing? He was, by the Spirit, he was, he was writing his Bible. Holy Ghost men were, were moved. They, they were directed. Oh, I love it. Do you, you know, the, a prophet isn't just what the world calls it, but it's what God calls it. And so in that unseen realm, here's Moses as a prophet. Let's, let's just read this for a moment. I have another scripture in, in Peter. 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter, I'm just kind of moving along. I, I wanted to get to a place and then I want to just minister a little bit. But 1 Peter chapter 1. And, and in here, Peter just goes a little further with this. In, in, in verse 8, he would say... Whom having not seen you love, in whom though you see him not, yet believing you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. He'd say in verse 10, because he'd say, of which salvation the prophets have inquired and preached diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come to you. 
So he's saying the prophets were pointing ahead. Moses was pointing, God will raise up a prophet like unto me. It'll come to pass. Whosoever doesn't hear that prophet, uh, he'll be cut off. Who is he talking about? Christ. So it, it says, the prophets inquired and searched diligently. They prophesied of the grace. And he says in verse 11, searching what or what manner of time the spirit of Christ which was in them did signify. So what was in them? It wasn't just uh, there they were moved, but it was the spirit of Christ. It was part of the eternal spirit of God that came on Moses. It was part of the eternal spirit that came on Isaiah. And, and it wasn't just in their words and their intellect, but their lives began to signify the one that was to come. And it said, when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. So Brother Branham would, would say this and, and he would talk and he said, Elijah was a man of God, not like Christ, but Christ knew all things because he was God. Elijah was a portion of God. That was Christ in Elijah. That was the message of the hour. Jesus was the fullness of these prophets. He goes on to say, Abraham was considered a God. Elijah was a God. Isaiah was a God because the word of God came to them. And Jesus would tell the Pharisees, know ye not that they were called gods? Because they were having issue with him taking authority. No, they were gods back there. The law said it, they were gods. What was it? God moving in them. Now he says, these men were anointed. Joseph, he portrayed Christ. Moses was anointed. He portrayed Christ. David was anointed. He portrayed Christ. All leading up to Christ, he was the fullness of the word. The word was made manifest in him. He was the complete anointed one. They had it by portions. We have it by portions. Now, I, I'm really bringing this down to where we ended last week, which was Jesus said he would send a comforter. But the comforter was not just going to be another person. It was going to be God himself that would come to them. Now, I'm just bringing, I'm just backing up a little bit because in 1964, Brother Branham preaches a message just after he looked beyond the curtain of time. And one of those was called the masterpiece. And the masterpiece, he would talk about how all the Old Testament scriptures were pointing to someone, and now Jesus came and stepped into that masterpiece. So he was the fullness of the Godhead body. The great eternal spirit that was in the heavens, that fell on Moses, that, that fell on others, and, 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 and caused them to do what they did. They didn't know what they were doing. David didn't know why he was going up the mountain weeping over Jerusalem. But it was the Spirit of God in him. I'm, 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 I'm saying this, brethren, 
Because if we believe we actually have the Holy Ghost, we need to let it teach us. Let it work with us. Let it lead us. Let it be our portion. Because God was not going to just stop in the prophets of old. He was not going to stop in himself. But there was a portion that he's allocated to the bride. And it's designed that you can live and defeat the devil and overcome and that he can bring you. And we need to depend on it. Listen, the Holy Ghost is not just a ticket to get into heaven. The Holy Ghost in you will defeat the devil. The Holy Ghost in you will give you wisdom beyond what you have yourself. It will anoint your memory. It will anoint you in the hour that you have need of it. I marvel at, at, at how God shows himself. How many gifts God uses and how he ministers through them and how he brings them. And, you know, not just in the pulpit, but in, in, in ministering in song and, and how the accompaniment of the Spirit. You know, I, 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 we were just talking about this the other day and, and, and how there's lots of songs. And, and you know, we, we can sometimes... Well, you know, we, we use sometimes this narrative that is, well, if it came from a message believer, then it's got to be okay. Well, you've got to be careful how far you go with that. Because Amazing Grace was written by a Trinitarian. But the Spirit in you will also lead you to say, that, that song may be good, but it's not being sung. Uh, it's not being held in a pure vessel. And, and the motivation behind it, maybe the words are good and things, but the beat and, and these things. We need more than what we can, we can put into a quote. We need the Spirit of God to detect things. I, I, and I say, let it be everyone's portion. Let it be that when you go somewhere, the Holy Ghost will warn you. will lead you. will teach you. I, I, I'm looking for more of Him. Now, he also says here, now, and I, want, I want you to think of this a little bit, and I, I'm sometimes hesitant to use scriptures, I'm, I'm, I'm going down a thought, and then I, somebody sends me a service and said, brother so-and-so was preaching the same thing as you, and I said, wow, I, I didn't even know about that. <laughs> and now somebody shared it with me, and I, I go, oh, oh man, like, somebody's going to think I got, you know what I marvel with is is this book, one of my favorite messages is God revealed in his own word. 66 different books, 40 different authors, and they all dovetail together. They all say Peter, Peter and Paul had differing opinions in their nature. You know, Peter, that boisterous, but yet Peter penned words, Paul penned words, and the Holy Ghost in them brought them together. The, the, the four gospel writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they were all different. And, and the Bible wasn't even written until many years later. And how, how did they recall the Holy Ghost brought it to their attention? Hey, and he would tell Matthew, he'd look at it this way. You know, Mark would come a certain way. John was just off in a different level, different level completely. And then there was Luke. He wasn't even one of the disciples. 
But God allowed them all to bring it together. They didn't consult with one another, but they brought it together and the scriptures dovetail. That we might have confidence in the Spirit of God. You know, God didn't send us down a textbook from heaven and just follow this. I'm afraid sometimes we reduce the message to quotes, to rules, to regulations. You know, let's see the Spirit of God behind the rules. Behind the application of things. You know, it'll cause you to be more sensitive. It'll cause you to be bold. It'll cause you to pick up scriptures. How many want more of the Spirit of God? I do. I want to be more yielded to Him. Brother Branham would say the greatest enemy William Branham has got is William Branham. He gets in God's way. He does this. He does that. But he says if William Branham will get out of the way, then God will do things William Branham doesn't even know about. (laughs) Oh, glory be to God. We have not followed cunningly devised fables. We are following the living God. The God that dwelt in the prophets. The God that came in Jesus Christ. That God. And he's poured himself into a many-membered body. The same spirit. Friends, it's not just a a little touch. It's the same part of God that was in Jesus, that is in us, that you might have confidence. It's not what we can learn. Listen, I'm preaching this because... The Holy Ghost, we can preach it, oh, it's not an option. If you don't got it, if you don't got the token, yeah, that, that's true. But why wouldn't you want it? Why? It, man, the Bible's a new book to you. you. Oh, and you can sing songs in, in a way, even if you're not a singer, you can sing songs from your heart because there's a melody within you. Oh, there's joy unspeakable in it. There is the depth of God. It'll cause you to cry while you're going down the road because you're thinking on the love of God and the goodness of God. Oh, blessed be the Lord. (laughs) And as Paul would say, things which the Spirit teaches. Oh, there's a teaching of the Spirit that is wonderful. Brother Branham would, would go on and he would, he would just say these prophets that are all in these parts. And he says, he was, he was that God prophet, Jesus. More than a prophet, he was God. He was all that the prophets were that were in him plus. He says, all the prophets had flaws. All the ones was a portion. But at last he comes, that perfect one. God and Christ were one. You know, and he's talking in in the masterpiece here. All all of these things. And when Jesus came, he was the word. Moses was the word. Moses, the, the rest of the prophets was the word. But they were the word in portion. He was the word in full. He was the fullness of the word. He was the word. He was all that God was. He could have done anything he wanted to. All power in heavens and earth. You know, we, we, we sing the song, he could have called 10,000 angels. 
But, but you know, the spirit that was in him was governed by the word of God that was written of him. And you know, he, he came to a place where he only saw the word and his portion, and he saw a bigger plan where, because if he would have gone ahead, if he would have circumvented the cross, we wouldn't have had a chance. But he took the pain. He took our place. And then he comes after he dies the death. And he says, I'm going to come back and live in you and fulfill the other part of the word. So it was him in the Old Testament. It was him in Calvary. It was him in the New Testament. And in the eternity, it's going to be him in his many-membered body, his bride. Oh, it's glorious. <laughs> he says this, and I, I just want to bring this in for a moment. Now, his attributes were expressed in the beginning. He put Adam and Eve on earth and said, multiply and replenish the earth. Their bodies were all laid out for you, out there for you to eat and make your body. That's the way he had of doing it. Now, I don't know what God's original plan was. There's little clues, he says, Eve would have finally brought forth in spoken word as the original seed. I don't know how that was brought forth, but he's saying that. But then he also says, there was our bodies laying in the earth. Now, if Eve would have brought forth, I believe it would have been spirit-born children. And then the earth, because the earth was an attribute of God, then there would have to have been something that, that was going to build up the body. Now, I, I stumbled at this first when I read it, but the, the message um, uh, is, is uh, future home. And Brother Brandon will talk about Jesus here for a moment. And he says, because we have this perception sometimes that Jesus was God and he could just do anything. No, he was, that, that, that's a oneness view. That, that is not a correct view. Jesus was as much flesh as you and I are flesh. He was just as prone to a headache. He was as prone to, to heartache. He was prone to everything that human beings go through. But he had the fullness of the Spirit in him. And by that Spirit, he overcame. Now, he, was, he had to come to the earth to become part of the earth. So Brother Branham says this, Jesus came down, he expressed himself in the form of a man, a human being, he gave his life, and he said, now, I'm missing, oh, here it is, okay. And, and he says, so, if I can put it this way, he would say, here is Mary, there's a, the word is spoken, she receives it into her womb, without any sensation, without any natural part of a man and a woman, but she gives birth to the Word of God. She was the womb to that. Now, Mary be, was eating a part of the fallen earth. She was eating, maybe not as fallen as it is today with all of the pesticides and the different things that are going on, but she was eating the earth, and out of that earth, the body of Jesus was forming in her. 
And now Brother Branham would say this, then Jesus is born, Jesus grew, he, he, he did what babies do, he was a child, he, he, was a, he was fully a part of the earth. And it would say that, he said, now, here he was, and I'm just trying to find here, I had it, okay. When the dove descended out of heaven, it came on, he said, he uses these words, this is my part of the earth that I have redeemed. And from this part of the earth, I will redeem the rest of it. Now just think about that. The dove was descending on a part of the earth. Jesus' blood would spill on the earth. Why? In doing that, he was purchasing back a part of the earth, but he had to become earth first. The earth was an attribute. And, he, and, and just the same as, as in order to be a kinsman redeemer, he had to become truly a kinsman. Born in flesh, shaped in the world, you know, and, and, and grew up all of those things yet without sin. So I'm, I'm, I'm doing it. He says, now remember, the Holy Ghost descended on Jesus. Jesus was a part of the earth. The germ of God, the life of God was designed in the womb of a, a woman, which was the earth, and the life of God came in, and he says, now, he was the beginning of the creation of God. And then the blood of God, which was there by a germ, it was shed at Calvary, it dropped back on the earth to redeem the earth, and he says, it's justified, sanctified, called claimed and now to receive its baptism of fire to be claimed, cleansed for Jesus and his bride. Now, just, just think for a moment on this here. Here's Jesus, he comes, and he, and he comes to the earth, and, and let's just go to John chapter 1 for a moment. John chapter 1. Now, they had the law, they had the prophets, but they never, the Pharisees, they, they never really recognized it in the season. You know, they, they, Jeremiah was called the weeping prophet, but he was despised in his day. Elijah was despised by the king, and, and, and all the prophets were. But yet the Spirit of God was in them. But it showed what kind of spirit was in the others. Now, here comes John to fulfill Scripture. And, you know, he's talking about there's one coming after me, you know, and, and he's baptizing in Jordan you know, for the remission of sins. And, and he kept saying, there's another one coming after me. So, so then in, in verse 32, and John bear record, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode on him. Now, did he recognize him because of family traits? Did he recognize him because he was, had some kind of credentials or flashed a badge? No, he didn't do that. He identified him by the Spirit. And he said the Spirit descended and it abode upon him. In other words, it didn't just pass by. It stayed on him. And he says, and I knew him not. So he's saying, I didn't know him by flesh and blood. But I identified him by the Spirit. And he says... And he, said, he that sent me to baptize with water said, the same said unto me, on whom you shall see the Spirit descending and remaining on he, the same is he which baptizes with the Holy Ghost. What a promise. Hey, it's here. The kingdom of God is here. Yeah. 
So now what's God doing? He's coming to fulfill his word, which was in part, which was in type. Just go a couple chapters over. Um, John chapter 3. This is when Nicodemus comes to him. Verse 5, Nicodemus has all these questions. He's trying to figure it out. He sees miracles. He sees signs. Listen, how do you do this? Like, where does this come from? And, you know, and he said, well, you've got to be born again to understand it. You know, and he's going, really, you're talking in riddles. But, you know, here he goes and says in verse 5, Verily, verily, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. <coughs> it's the same today. I, 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 I would say I knew about the message as a child. I read a prophet visit South Africa. I was in search services. I understood. I could tell you quotes. I could tell you things. But you know what? I never knew them. Not like I ought to know them. But then God in a time and in a season when he called me and he began to minister to me and I began to repent and I became a candidate for the Holy Spirit and he came into me. And ever since then, listen, this is 40 years for me. Somebody sent me a clip today, um, and it was a talk show somewhere, and, and in the talk show, I think it was Ben Shapiro, Brother John, you would know him, and, and he was going, and he's talking about some of the candidates that are there, like Trump and, and, and different ones, but he's, he's talking about uh, Nikki Haley, and, says, and, and he says, listen, they're just young timers, but he says, this other person, 61 years old already, I mean... He's like a whole generation ahead of the candidates. And, and he goes, like, that's old. And I'm going, no, it ain't. <laughs> you haven't got there. And when you get there, you won't say it's old either. <laughs> but you know what? 40 years, and I feel like I haven't hardly touched the surface of all that God is. And all the glories that are ahead. But all the parts that he's done, I wouldn't trade it for nothing. I wouldn't trade any heartaches. I wouldn't trade any of those things for the promise of eternal life that is living in me. For the one I can have fellowship with. You know, the Bible says, grieve not the Holy Ghost. How do you grieve Him? How do you know you've grieved Him? You walk into a room and, you know, maybe there's some fellowship and you crack a joke and it's like the Spirit is like a balloon. It poof. And you realize, I busted something. You ever done that? I've done it. Oh, out of season, out of time. How do you know it? Because he lives inside of you. Oh, like Brother Bram said, let me live so close to him till the least bit of grieving I would know it. Why? I, you know, we, 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 can, have, we can have the truth. The Bible says there are those, in, in Romans chapter 1, there are those that hold the truth in unrighteousness. So you can, have, you can have all the facts, but you don't have the spirit that can truly hold the truth. You know, I, 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 I just say, don't, don't just because some, you have factual information, it doesn't mean it's true. It doesn't mean it's worth repeating. It doesn't mean that, that we just take and use that only. But there's a spirit wherewith we hold the truth. I, I, I've, done, I've held to things that I thought were a certain thing. And you know what? But if you're a seed of God, and, and you might struggle with certain things, but if you're a seed of God, that spirit in you will cope with the word. It might not be all at once. 
but it will cope with the word. And I would rather have that spirit in me that will confess I was wrong, that will confess I was in error, that will confess I need the blood, and I will confess I don't have all the answers, but I know he does. I've marveled sometimes, I, and I know it's not me, but you're, you're sitting there and you're counseling and, 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 and you're praying and, you know, somebody asks a question and you don't know the answer, but you're just praying and then all of a sudden you feel God just moves you in a channel and, and you look back and say, well, that wasn't even me, that was him. You can be witnessing to somebody and all of a sudden you're talking about something and the subject just goes, who's doing this? It's the Holy Ghost. It's the Comforter. It's the one that, that we should learn to depend on. The bride has thus saith the Lord or she stands still. She, or she's quiet. She doesn't say anything. I, I'm, I'm grateful that we have this promise. So here is, he says, except a man be born again. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth. You can't hear the sound. You can't tell where it goes and, and, and whither it goes. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. There are certain things that are, to your mind, don't make sense, but you believe that God is leading you into it. And, and you only learn that over time that you can yield to it and trust in it. But I'll tell you what, it is a message that can never fail. Brother Branham says that. The leading of the Spirit is a message that never fails. Oh, my goodness. Let me, let me, I got to move this along. Now, I want to I just take this a little bit further. Go with me. Uh, we're going to skip. Go back to John chapter 14. It took a long time to get back to this, but just want to pick this up. John chapter 14. Are you still with me tonight? So here's where we, we were last couple Wednesdays ago. Let's just pick this up from verse 16. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Now, we, we took certain aspects of this last time, and, and it was really establishing, learning it. But I, if I just take this for a few moments... He says, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not, neither knows him not. So as he was saying to Nicodemus, you know, you're asking questions, but if you're born again of the water and of the spirit, you will know things that no other people know. Now, not everybody can receive it because Jesus says right here, he says, for the world cannot receive it, because it sees him not, neither knows him. And, and the scripture we read in Corinthians, otherwise they wouldn't have crucified the prince of glory. The king of glory. He says, for you know him, for he dwelleth with you, present tense, and shall be in you. There's that word shall again. <laughs> shall be in you. Who is with them? Jesus Christ. Now, it was Christ, which means the anointed one, 
Jesus, he said, this is my body broken for you. The body that was broken could never be distributed amongst all of us. But the portion of him that was the spirit of the eternal God, that could be divided. So he says, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. I will lead you. I will do these things. I, I'm going to skip some of this. Drop down to, to verse, uh, where is it going here? No, I'm going to go over to verse chapter 15, sorry. Chapter 15, verse 26. But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. Okay, so let's just take Brother John's testimony for a moment. God can, can rescue you when you fall in sin. God can also preserve you from being harmed by a gas leak. God can stop you. You know, we don't have to go through a cycle where we just, okay, I, I've gone so far and I fall in sin. God rescues me and I go along, but somewhere down the road I'm going to fall in sin again. No, you don't have to go through that. God can teach you. He can lead you. You know, He will, he will say, uh, I think it's in, let me just check quickly. I think it's Mark, where did I put it? Mark chapter 11, or what, here they are, sorry. Mark chapter 13, verse 11. He says, when they lead you, deliver you, take no thought beforehand what you shall speak. Neither do you premeditate. Why? Listen, listen shouldn't, isn't that a time you should be armed with coats and have your Bible and be ready to defend? No. He says, I'm going to go in you. He says this, he says, whatsoever shall be given you in that hour, that speak you, for it's not you that's speaking, but it's the Holy Ghost. Oh, what a, what a rest, friends. It's the Holy Ghost. Now, in, in the book of Luke chapter 12, he says this, he says, uh, verse 11, and now listen, Luke was writing this well after, while he was traveling with Paul, he was a physician. He says, they'll bring you to synagogues, to magistrates, powers. Don't take a thought of what thing you shall answer, what you shall say. For the Holy Ghost shall teach you in the same hour what you should say. Not just he'll speak through you, but he'll teach you. In other words, you can depend on him. I, I, I depend on him a whole lot more than I used to do. I used to think, I'm going to protect the truth, and I'm going to stand for the... When really, I'll tell you what, he's protecting me. He's watching over me. He's watching over my family. He's watching over all our interests. Oh, I, he's, a, he's a present help in the time of trouble. Brother Branham would, would talk, and he was... He had the, some attorneys, and they were helping him with the tax case. And, 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 you know, Brother Branham, you made mistakes. You shouldn't have signed that check because the minute you signed it, it did this and it did that. And, and the attorneys are all there figuring everything out. And as I was just talking, he says, all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost woke me up. And I said, these weren't written to me. These were unsolicited gifts can you prove that, Brother Ram? Yeah, I never took up an offering. They're just gifts. 
Well, then they're not taxable. <laughs> where, where did that come from? That came from on high. Now, they still, they still got after him, and God still helped him. But I'll tell you what, they, they, we don't have, we have not just received the mind of man. We have received the mind of Christ. We have received the mind of God in this last hour. And there is a wisdom, there is something you can lean on. And, and I, let me just say it, it's, it's not just a little anointing, because the same spirit that was there in the Garden of Eden, was on Moses, was on Isaiah, came into Christ, and is also in his people. I read something, and I'm just going to share it. I was, my wife and I were reading the family altar devotion one morning, and and it was January 17th, and I, I'm just, and, uh, and I was just reading it, and, and there's a little portion, and Brother Branham was making this commentary. He said, I was sitting at breakfast here talking to my wife. He says, uh, do you know what Jesus would do if he was here? He say, uh, and, he, and he said, he's talking about a certain case where there was a fellow who was going to die and his liver was bursted, his spleen was broken and doing this. He says, do you know what Jesus would do? And I said, he'd go and lay hands, holy hands on that boy. That boy would get well. I don't care if his liver is bursted, he'd get well, because Jesus would walk in there knowing exactly who he was. And he said he, he knew the scriptures, he knew he was who he was, there was no shadow of a doubt, he would lay hands, there isn't enough devils in hell to kill that boy in. But he says, you see, honey, I'm just a sinner. I was born of a sexual birth. My father and mother were sinners. Now that's a natural thinking, and we would have the same. We, we sometimes think, well, Jesus was like Superman, you know, and, and Brother Branham was like a step below him, and, and we're a couple steps. No, the same Holy Ghost that's preaching is the same Holy Ghost that's listening tonight. The same Holy Ghost that's on the preachers and the young people. The same Holy Ghost, the same part of God. There's no little parts, there's no big parts. It's all God. There's different callings, different offices. And Brother Branham says this, you know, he says, I was born a sexual birth. I'm a no good nothing. But he says, what if the Lord gave me a vision? I'd go down there and that'd be different. Why, well, he'd learn to trust in that gift. He says, and then I got to thinking, and this is the part I was getting to. And then I got to thinking, what if I didn't have a vision? And even if I did have a vision, it's the same dirty hands laying hands on him. And he says, but they're not dirty hands. I am his representative. God doesn't see me. The blood of the righteous one lays up there on the altar, and he said, it makes intercessions for me. He's my sufficiency. He's my prayer. He's my life. Then the only thing I need to do by faith is because if it's faith in a vision or without the vision, it's the same thing. I reckon myself nothing. He's my all in all. Uh, he is my commissioner. No denomination sent me. He sent me. I go in his name. I walked down there and I laid hands on that boy. And that night he was sitting in the meeting. The same Jesus Christ. Now is it, is it, was it William Branham alone? No, it was God in there. But he has made us kings and priests. Oh, friends, you can depend on him. And as, as we shared on Sunday, 
We're coming to the hour when the church is going to recognize these things. Why? We know who we are. We know in whom we have believed. We, we understand that he keeps us, and he, he's the one that watches over us. Do you love that? I, I, I love that. He is, he is your advocate. While you've got accusing devils out there, and listen, they're harmless until you start listening to them. You know, they're, they're accusing, they're telling you things. Now, God will convict you. They will accuse you. And there's a difference. Sometimes the devil beats us up really good, and we allow him to beat us up. But I think we ought to give a little bit of pushback. Say, yeah, I made a mistake last week. Yeah, I did this. But you know what? I'm probably going to make more. But you know what? The blood is laying there for me. Now, listen, Brother Bannon would say it this way. The blood does not save you. The blood keeps you clean. It's faith that saves you. Faith in what he did for you. But the blood keeps you clean. And as Brother Bannon would say, he doesn't hear my voice, but he looks through the blood and hears my voice. He doesn't see me. Oh, I, if you can see yourself there, I, I don't want to come out from behind the blood at all. I want to stay right there. I, I, don't, I don't want to move away from that. I want to stay in that place because that's where he deals with us. That's where he works with us. John chapter 16, as we wind our thought down here. John 16. Let's just drop down to verse 8. But when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment and of sin because they believe me not. And Brother Branham would say, the evidence of the Holy Ghost is that you're sighing and crying. There's something in your spirit that you, you don't, this world is not your home. There's something that you just are grieved by everything you see. You know what, when you, when you can be in that place, friends, you don't have to consult the message handbook or call anybody and say, is it acceptable for me to engage in this activity or with this friend or with that? Yeah, it's good to seek advice, don't get me wrong, but he will teach you. He will lead you. And one of the best pieces of advice you can have, if there's a question, stay away from it. If there's a question... Yeah, go and talk to somebody. If you need wisdom, he's here to give you wisdom. Now listen, I'll just say, conclude it this way. If he's here to pick us up out of the mud, he can also stop you from walking into the mud. He can also lead and guide you in such a way, and as, as Brother Adam would say, a son of God can live so close to God that when he wakes up, the devil doesn't know what to do with him. Now, do you believe that's an actual place? I believe it. I, 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 I've been there in snippets where, you know, throw that across me. No, it doesn't bother me. It, you know what? But that's as long as I'm in him. As long as I know how to govern my vessel. I, I, I still got weak spots, but I got to keep them covered up. I still got to watch in what my eyes look at, what the gates open up to, what I hear. I still got to watch what my spirit participates in. Why? I'm keeping my vessel, but who's teaching me that? The spirit in me, the comforter, the one that dwells in me, that walks in me, the inside teacher. 
He's real. Listen, I, 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 I trust friends. I know it's Wednesday. You've got to go to work. I'm not going to keep you longer. Musicians can come. But let's, let's just say, I trust that we can just learn to depend on him more and more. He, he will lead you. And, and I say one of the greatest things you can have, you don't, you don't have to. I don't believe I'll be able to listen to every tape and absorb it in detail and glean everything out of it. I don't believe I'll be able to know the whole Bible and every answer. But I believe the parts that I need, he will lead me into it. I believe if I go in with the right motive, and if I have what, what Caleb had when he went into the garden, or when he went into the promised land, the Bible identified Caleb, he had another spirit. It wasn't a spirit like everybody else. I believe if I keep a teachable spirit, if I allow myself to be taught, if I allow myself to be open, I believe there is many more things to be led into. But I trust in Him. I rest in Him. And, and, and it will say this in verse 13. How be, it says, I, no, verse 12, I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. Howbeit when He, the Spirit of truth, is come, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of Himself, but whatsoever He shall hear, shall He speak, and He will show you things to come. I believe we are seeing things come to pass. We've heard them. We've heard a prophet's message. And we're seeing things come to pass. He's a governor. He governs our spirit. And we are governed by him. And he leads us. And, and as, as Brother Branham would say, in ever-present water from the rock, he says, you know, if we had all the power like Jesus had, if we had it, we would go and create another world and live on it. But he says it's held by a law, and the law is faith. Jesus only did what the Father showed him, what he led him into. And I will say, it's the same for us. I, I could go out there and I could wave placards, uh, you know, in front of the federal government and tell them I don't like this and I don't like that. You know, and, and, but you know what? I, I'm, I believe that I'm not looking at this world. It's going to decay. It's going to crumble. I'm glad that even the announcement our premier made today to keep some of these gender things, I, I say praise God for that as long as we can. But I'm looking somewhere else. I'm looking higher. Let's stand together. Let me walk with you, Jesus. Oh, let me walk with you, Jesus. Don't ever leave me alone. For without you, I could never. I was
Jesus.